This year has been absolutely incredible uh, at Word of Grace, and I just have a few things that I want to celebrate together with our church family. Did you know that year-to-date that our church has grown um, just in attendance alone with physical bodies being in this building, not even counting online, that we've grown by 34% this year? And um, we have had 119 people, um, and that's the last record that I have that I know is accurate, uh, 119 people go through our Next Move class as well in 2019. That's in comparison to 38 last year, I believe. Um, we've launched our Monday night service um, in August, and we launched our Monday night jail service. So hello to all of you who are joining us in uh, the Sheboygan County Jail. And also our community groups have grown by over 400% in uh, 2019 compared to 2000. And 18. Uh, we launched our Making Room expansion project where you've been seeing some construction going on. We've got some construction going on in our Roots Room, and we're almost done. We're getting to the point to where we're, uh, we're, we're about ready to paint and uh, get that kids' room completely finished so we can open that room back up for the kids. Um, we're excited about that. Also, we've got our media room uh, completed, and we're finalizing all the running of wires and cables to make that uh, just a great experience for our online community as well. Um, we hired a new worship pastor uh, in 2019, uh, Pastor Gino, and, uh, and we're so glad that he and his wife Andrea and their boys are part of our church family. It's just been a, a really exciting year as we look back on all of the things that God has done and that we've been able to witness and that we've all been able to be a part of. But however, the most important thing that gets me as your pastor the most excited is the spiritual growth that I've witnessed in our church over 2019. We started 2019 with a vision focus for the year, and if you were here at the beginning of the year, you may have remembered us talking about growing in serious faith, and we hit that all throughout the year. As a matter of fact, with the theme of growing more serious in our faith, we made strategic plans throughout the year to hit certain topics and talk about certain issues and to grow by doing certain things as a church to deepen our relationship. And man, can I tell you, the growth in our church spiritually that I have witnessed in 2019 gets me more excited than any of the other pre-mentioned metrics that I have thrown out there. I mean, my goodness, as I look and I see what we've done as a church together in 2019, we have fasted together and we've, we've talked about fasting and some of you are still uh, exercising that biblical principle of fasting and now you actually know why and you know how to do that and you have confidence in that area. Um, we've deepened uh, our prayer lives, deepening our dependence on God through prayer. We've gone through prayer exercises as a church corporately. We've uh, strengthened our prayer muscles by praying out loud, learning about intercessory prayer, what that means, what God wants for us in our prayer lives, and how to approach that more confidently. Um, we have invested in knowing the real God and connecting deeper with understanding who He really is so we can worship Him and serve Him for who He is. We went through the five solas talking about uh, our security blankets that we put our faith and our confidence in and the things we should really anchor our faith in. We've gone through books of the Bible verse by verse. And as we've done these things, and as I see what has happened, I see deepening relationships in Christ-centered community. As I scroll through and creep um, you know, on Facebook and, and kind of see what's going on, I can see 
the things that are happening on social media and get a little window into how people are doing things in their community groups. They're, they're, they're serving together. There are groups of people that went to Lambeau and served on Thanksgiving. There's a community group that on their own put together a fundraiser where they were able to take care of presents for children that were in need and also that were able to raise funds to buy one of our missionaries a new car. And I mean, just crazy stuff that people are just doing on their own and they're putting effort and intentionality and, and, and they're putting creativity and their gifts within their groups to work to where we're understanding the church isn't just somewhere we go, but it's who we are. And church, I can tell you, this is my eighth year of being here as your pastor. And I have seen more spiritual growth, more measurable, tangible, real spiritual growth in the lifeblood of this congregation than in any time prior to that. Because God has just been moving and you have been growing. And I just wanted to give God the glory and the praise for all of those awesome things. Uh, what a fantastic year. You know, as we approach the new year, I know many of you are planning vacations, many of you are planning your finances, you're planning your calendars, you're planning your weight goals and other changes and fresh commitments. But as this year closes and as you're evaluating and as you're planning, as we have grown in our faith and as we have grown more seriously in our faith as a church, I want to exhort you as you're planning to start with planning in light of eternity. So that's what we're going to talk about today is planning in light of eternity. If you have your Bible, go over to Ephesians chapter 5. And we're going to look at the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Ephesus here. Ephesians chapter 5. And if you're a note taker, write this down. We're going to be reading verse 15 through 21. Ephesians 5, verse 15 through 21. Paul writes this to the church in Ephesus. He says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Address one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of the reverence for Christ. One of the first things that we read here is that Paul says, be careful of how you walk. Make sure that you are not walking as people who are unwise, not people who are foolish, not people who are just hoping that things work out, but people who are intentional, people who are wise. Wise people take knowledge and turn it into practice. That's what wise people do. Uh, foolish people, they just heap up for themselves more knowledge, and they know a lot of things, but they're really poor in practice. The difference between a foolish person and a wise person is going to be, am I actually doing the things that I know I'm supposed to do? The things that have been invested in you, the things that you've said yes to, the things that God has shown you and revealed to you, the things that you've seen in his word, are you putting those things into practice? That's how it turns from knowledge to wisdom. And Paul says, walk as wise people. And here's how wise people walk, making the best use of your time, making sure that we are making the best use of our time. He says, because the days are evil. He said, don't be foolish. 
You need to understand what the will of the Lord is. So we need to make the best use of time in light of eternity by prioritizing the things that matter to the kingdom of God, the things that matter more in light of eternity. And we've been learning about those things all year. We've been learning about all of the things that God wants us to grow in and things that we've seen fruit and evidence of growth in. And we need to continue down that path to grow and make the best use of our time learning how to prioritize eternal things over temporal things because we all have the same amount of time. But what we do with it reveals really where our heart is, where our treasure is, the things that we value. And as I see the things that Word of Grace has prioritized in 2019, I just want to commend our church family and say, Man, our church family, I, I, you've grown spiritually. It's been fantastic. I, man, I, can I tell you that I have been leading a group of people. It started off with just a handful of us. We've been reading the Bible through, and we have a gathering every Thursday morning at 8.30. Any one of you are welcome to come at any time every Thursday at 8.30 a.m., and we've been reading the Bible through. And that little group just keeps growing and growing and growing and growing and growing. And we're having to pull more chairs in. At first, it was just a handful of us. I mean, I think this, uh, the last time we did one, I think there were like 13 people there who were reading their Bible through and discussing deep truths of Scripture with one another on a Thursday morning. Come on, somebody. If that doesn't get you excited about what God is doing, my goodness, people are hungry for the Word. I, I remember uh, back in March, we launched a class, How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth. We had 17 people go through that class and learn how to read their Bible, and people are actually doing it. And it's just incredible. People are hungry for the truth. So I, I just wanted to say that, church, you have been prioritizing those things. You've been showing up. We had 80 people show up for a prayer meeting um, when we were going to launch our Monday night service, the, the Monday before we launched it in August. We had all these people show up, and I, I kept going, oh, man, these people are showing up for a prayer meeting. I mean, it's just been so incredible to see that, that you have been growing serious in your faith. And, and, and I mean, even in my life, in our family, We've been prioritizing things differently. We've been growing. And it's all for the glory of God. Amen? And what we do with our time, it shows where our heart is. So as you've been prioritizing these things, as you've been making gathering with other believers, both in community groups and, and, and coming and, 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 and walking together and serving together and, and loving one another and, and being a part of gatherings weekly as we gather here and worship God on Sundays and Mondays, You've been making those things a priority, and it's just been so encouraging to see where your heart is. So here's what I want you to do. Keep moving forward. Amen? Keep moving forward. Keep doing the things that God has already been impressing you to do that you've been raising your hand and saying yes to. Church, you have been saying yes to greater things. And as your pastor, I just want to encourage you to keep saying yes to eternal things by prioritizing those things because it truly shows what's in our heart. Matthew 6, 19-21 says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, here Jesus says, lay up treasures in heaven. 
because all of the treasures you can lay up on the earth are corruptible. They all have, have, have some sort of uh, opportunity to be uh, taken advantage of, whether by being stolen or whether to be destroyed or rotting away or whether it is to become uh, another animal's meal or whatever the case may be. All of these different things just destroy the temporary. But he says, don't lay up your treasures there. Lay up your treasures in heaven where they won't be corrupted, where they won't be corroded, where thieves can't break in and steal. Because where your treasure is, there your heart is also. And we want to invest in real treasure. And to do that, we're living in light of eternity. That's what investing in real treasure means. It is living every day, every moment, planning, thinking in light of eternity. Not just in the moment, but thinking ahead with eternal things in perspective. That I'm thinking about what is going to please God that I'm thinking about the things that are going to be laying up those treasures in heaven. Uh, my wife and I, we always like to sit down when it comes close to the end of a year, and we always like to talk about kind of, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And we talk about all the things that we've done, the things we've accomplished, and the things that we thought we were going to accomplish but didn't quite make it, the, the bumps in the road, the, the, the curves we didn't expect. And we have that conversation every year. And then we talk about, well, what do we want to do moving forward? What are our plans as a couple? What are our plans as parents? What are our plans as a family? And we like to take and write down different categories. And so we talk about finances. We talk about calendar. Um, and those two can often coincide. You're talking about vacations. You're talking about goals. We, where do we want to be? We talk about uh, the kids. What, what are some things that, they're, uh, that are on, on their plate, the ambitions that they have? What are some of the goals there? Uh, we talk about physical goals. We talk about spiritual goals, all these different things. And as we, as we kind of were planning those things, I kind of had to put the brakes on, and I look back and I go, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're talking about all these things, and we go through this rhythm of making all these plans. When Matthew 6 and 33 says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then God's going to take care of the rest. He said, all these things you're pursuing will be added unto you. And so as we looked at that, we had to put the brakes on. And I said, we need to start with planning in light of eternity. Let's start there. Let's think eternally first, not after. It's like, okay, let's talk about all the stuff that you know we can tangibly put our hands on. And then after we get through talking about all that, then let's talk about eternity. No, let's talk about what are we going to do? What are, what, what are we doing as a couple to move the needle in light of eternity? What are we doing to lay up treasures in heaven in 2020? What are we going to do and to teach our children to lay up treasures in heaven in 2020? Let's start there. Let's start with an eternal perspective and let everything else be filtered through that lens, through an eternal perspective instead of us just trying to figure out how to get more for us and how to uh, enjoy and do more for us. No, let's start with eternity and let's prioritize the things of God over the goals that we have chased after in the past. And I believe that investing in real treasure is living intentionally in light of eternity, walking not as unwise, but as wise, making sure that we are taking the time that we have been given very seriously. So what is treasure in heaven? What does that mean? 
We use these words in church, treasure in heaven, spiritual blessings. We say things like uh, heavenly treasure. I, I mean, living in light of eternity. All of these things, you may have your own different idea. But instead of us pursuing and prioritizing our own idea, what if we went instead to the Bible and let's let the Bible carve out what that actually means? Does that sound like a good idea? Yeah, I think so. Okay, thanks. All right. <laughs> Go over to Matthew chapter 5. Let's let, let's let Scripture define for us what heavenly treasure is. We're going to actually jump around and look at a few Scriptures, primarily in uh, Matthew, but just, just hang on. We're going to do some flipping here, okay? Matthew chapter 5, and let's look <clears throat> at verse 11. Jesus said this in Matthew 5, verse 11 through 12. He said, blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So part of enduring persecution faithfully, that's laying up treasure in heaven. Go over to verse 43 in Matthew chapter 5. Let's see another biblical definition of treasure in heaven. Matthew 5, 43. You have heard it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven for he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and send rain, sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. He said, if you love those who love you, what reward is that to you? He's trying to show and paint a greater reward, a greater treasure, is to actually love those who are persecuting you love your enemies pray for those so this is treasure in heaven go to matthew 6 and verse 5 where he says this and when you pray you must not be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others truly i say to you that they have received their reward but when you pray go into your room shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. We see this idea of reward. We see this idea of treasure based upon pursuing things that matter to the Lord. Go over Matthew chapter 10. Let's look at one more. Matthew chapter 10. And let's look at verse 41 and 42. He says this here, the one who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward and the one who receives a righteous person because he is a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward and he says and whoever gets one of these little ones even a cup of cold water because he's my disciple truly i say to you he will by no means lose his reward so as we read in scripture we see that treasure in heaven things that matter to the heart of god and these are just a few things that i wanted to point out to you today are faithfully enduring persecution, loving your enemies, praying in secret, being a person of prayer, not just when the lights are on, but praying when no one is watching, serving the Lord and His people. 
We see these are just some things that heaven values. And as I look at this, as I look at two scripture to carve out and define for me what, what pleases God, what makes him smile, what are the things that he attaches words like treasure and reward to so that I can see what matters to God so that as I'm pursuing and chasing the heart of God, I can understand his heart. And I can learn the things that I want to matter to me as someone who is following him, someone who has been recreated in this image, someone who now has the spirit of the living God on the inside of them and who is living as a testimony, as a light to the world. How do I do that? And how can I do that in such an intentional way by laying up treasures in heaven, by pursuing things that matter to God, by avoiding the things that do not please God. Well, we see here just a few. Because there's going to be times where you're going to be persecuted for your faith. There are going to be times where you're going to be ridiculed, whether that's at the workplace, whether that's in your own family dynamics, whether that's in the circle of friends that you hang out with, whether that may be uh, around people who think differently than you. But learning how to faithfully endure persecution, knowing that I'm going to be in situations where maybe not everybody likes what I believe or what I am pursuing. Maybe not everyone agrees. How do I navigate those waters? Learning how to do that and being faithful to God in spite of the way that culture is trending. Being faithful to God in spite of the way that it seems that everyone that I associate with may be trending and shifting and redirecting. And that I can still continue to say yes to the things that matter, the things that are rooted and grounded in Scripture when society may go a certain way. Faithfully enduring persecution. And remember, just a few weeks ago, I shared with you that I personally believe that part of faithfully enduring persecution is also us making sure that we are being dispensers of grace and sharing in Christ's suffering that we are people who are loving people and that we're willing to uh, uh, love someone even though they may intentionally, despitefully use us and that we still give grace and that spills over into loving your enemies, those who may abuse you, those who may uh, break trust, those who may um, tell you one thing, get real close to you, and then you find out that actually something else is going on. And it hurts. And, and, and man, it, it, the pain is, is really deep. But learning to love those who do those types of things to us, learning how to give grace to those, learning how to, like Christ, hanging on the cross, looking out at those mocking him. Could you imagine? I, I could imagine that as Christ is surveying the people who are gathered around mocking him, spitting at him, uh, the people who were throwing things at him as he was carrying his, his cross, through the streets. I could imagine that in that crowd there were some people maybe even that Jesus healed. Maybe even in that crowd were some people that had really enjoyed Jesus' ministry, that had learned some really incredible things, that maybe ha had touched them in a very deep personal way. I imagine some of the people who partook in the miracle of eating the, 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 the fish and, and the loaves of bread, some of those people were probably in that crowd of mockers and and, and people jeering. And, and what did he say on the cross? What was his attitude towards them? What was his heart towards them? Hanging on the cross instead of going, you ungrateful little jerks. 
He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Father, forgive them. Even the thief on the cross, the guy who was on the cross that should have been there, the one that trusted in Christ, he said, hey, you're going to be with me today in paradise, loving your enemies, praying for them, as Jesus said. That's laying up treasure in heaven. That's investing in eternity. Praying in secret, not, not being a person. And that, that also coincides with giving um, because Scripture also talks about giving and not letting your right hand, let your, your left hand know what's going on. So I'm not giving so that everyone can go, oh, wow, neat, this person gave this. Aren't they incredible? Because if we get the glory, if we get the attention off of something we've done, then we are glory thieves and we are stealing from God because the glory is reserved for Him and Him alone. Amen, somebody. You see, we need to understand this, that God is for God and God is ultimately for His glory. And I am an instrument, I'm a vessel to be used for His glory. And that's my end. The chief end of man is to give glory to God, is to glorify Him and to enjoy Him forever. And so as we see that we are glorifying God with our lives, we should not go, oh, I want some of that. I want some of that attention. I want someone to see how loudly I prayed or I used all the impressive words. Like I even, as I was praying, Lord, you know that, or I know that in the Greek that this means this and, you know, all this stuff. And, and, and you got one eye open, hoping someone's going, oh, well, that's, that's a prayer right there. You know, or, or I used all the King's English and really impressed people when I prayed with all the extra THs. You know, I mean, we, we can think that we just have to say it right, and wow, that person's just praying so good. Actually, we see that Jesus criticized that, and he said those who are standing on the street corners praying out loud to where everyone can just hear how wonderful the prayers are, and they're doing it with the heart, with the heart to be seen of men. And he said, but when you pray, he said, don't pray to be seen of men, because those guys have gotten their reward. Their reward is one that is corruptible. It's to be seen of men, and it actually only fuels the pride that's already in their heart. He said, that's why when you pray, he said, you need to take a posture of humility by going into secret, by being someone who's not making a big deal of it, just like we do with giving. Man, I'll tell you what, you guys, I don't, I don't know who you are. Some of you know who you are. I don't, I mean, I don't know. <clears throat> I got some really incredible gifts this Christmas from some of our church family, and, uh, and there were some gifts that came in the mail that uh, there were no names on, and when I opened it up, I just couldn't believe the incredible thoughtfulness and, and, and generosity of some people. Pastor Gino even got this for me. Um, he got me a towel that says, uh, anointed and appointed, and it's my sweat towel, so I got it up here. I got it up here. He didn't think I was going to bring it up here, but I said, I'm bringing it up there, buddy. <clears throat> It was just really cool. And, and, and you know, I, I love giving gifts to people when they don't know that it's from me. But when people suspect that it's me, I'm horrible at lying. And so they'll be like, did you get this? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, okay, you totally did. I'm awful at that. I, I, I want to be good at that because some people can pull it off, but I, I'm not very good at that. But I think that laying up treasure in heaven is not about getting the attention, not about getting the glory, not about people uh, getting recognition, because we're truly doing it um, as unto the Lord. And uh, I love when my wife and I see opportunities uh, to do things and to bless people and, and to be able to do it in a way where we're just like, oh, we're not going to make that uh, about us. We're going we're gonna to just do this. 
And it's such a cool thing. And, and, and that's because it pleases God. It lays up treasure in heaven. It's prioritizing living in light of eternity. And then serving the Lord and His people. We've done some cool things this year, church family. I mean, we, we, we were able to help a family put a roof on their house and, and uh, help clean up their yard and, and, and help really just bless them. And we were able to bless some of the children of um, some of our, our church uh, family who are incarcerated and they couldn't be with their children this Christmas and, and, and provide, uh, uh, they didn't have the resources to provide gifts for them. And, and we had people step up to the plate and, and do that and just the heart of generosity in which you're serving the Lord. I just want to say, keep growing in that. Keep saying yes to greater things, looking for opportunities to serve people, looking for opportunities to say yes, to have a community group say, instead of us doing our thing Thanksgiving, let's go serve the homeless and, and let's go join in with what's happening at Lambeau. And so they took their, their Thanksgiving day and went to Lambeau just to serve other people. Uh, just to see that type of heart, that type of generosity. It's not always in the big things. It can be in the simple everyday moments that you may have with a coworker, with a neighbor, uh, with a friend, with an opportunity that may be in front of you. You've said yes, those of you who are serving on Team Log, and you've served, and you've stepped up, and you helped to make a Monday night service happen, and you make every, uh, every Sunday service happen, both at 845 and 1045, and, and that team continues just to, to grow. And man, we're just so grateful for people Stepping up and saying, yes, that's serving the Lord. That's serving His people. That's creating opportunity. People who have raised their hand to say yes to go into the jail on Monday night. It's just incredible seeing people being willing to serve the Lord in that way. And church, can I tell you, that is living in light of eternity. That is laying up treasure in heaven. Keep doing that. Keep looking for ways to do that more. Keep looking for ways to say yes and creating that space. Some people have intentionally made margin in their lives just so they could say yes to more of those types of things because they've said no to other things so they can say yes to investing in things that are laying up heavenly treasure. So you invest in eternity when you give, when you fast, when you pray, when you forgive other people, when you share the gospel, when you love your enemies, when you endure persecution. You are laying up treasure in heaven, and God is being glorified. And it really changes the way that we plan, the way that we think about moving forward when we have God at the forefront of our planning. And we don't ask Him to bless our plans, but instead we want to get on board with what He's doing. And I think that that should be every one of our hearts, is let's not make our plans and go, God, would you sprinkle some blessing dust on this? But instead, God, help me to see what matters most to you. Start with those things. Make those things most important. And let's move forward and continue to grow. And it changes our perspective. But our eternal perspective affects our eternal priority. The way that we view things, the way we look at things in light of eternity. Matthew 6 and 33 says, Seek, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness to seek first, to plan, to be intentional. So what I want to ask us today is that has eternity popped up in our planning conversations for 2020? I know that we may all be looking at, you know, which gym do we want to join or, 
you know, or what, what, what new nutrition plan do we want to be on, or what new savings goals do we have, or how are we going to pay for that vacation that we hope to be able to take, and we're trying to figure it all out, and bob and weave and make things happen, but can we just hit the pause button on that? I mean, like a really, really hard pause on that, and can we stop, and instead of moving forward with our plans, can we ask ourselves what are we supposed to do in light of eternity? Because our eternal perspective affects our eternal priority. So if eternity really matters to you, if you're really living in light of eternity, then it should affect your perspective. It should change things. Not because Pastor Derek told you so, but because you're the type of person who is valuing the things of God and you're pursuing the heart of God and it's changing your routine. It's changing your priority. It's changing what you'll say yes to and what you'll say no to. And you're learning and growing and saying yes to those things more and more as you're learning to do this. But have we intentionally stopped and asked the question about eternity? Have you asked yourself? Have you asked your children? Have you trained them and taught them to begin to think in light of eternity? Have you shared with your children or your grandchildren? Have you shared with them your prioritization of eternal things and onboarded them in those discussions so they can see that as a family unit, eternity matters to people who serve God? That this is not just a Sunday check-in, check-out thing. That church is not just somewhere we go. It's who we are every day. Are they sensing that? Are they understanding that? Are they seeing that lived out in your daily life that we are a part of the body of Christ? Are you including them in those conversations? Don't just think that they're just going to catch it just because. Be intentional. Include them where it's appropriate. Your spouse, have you asked your spouse, have you asked your friends, have you talked with your friends about what are you doing in light of eternity? What are we as friends? How are we prioritizing eternity with those types of Christ-centered relationships? How are you planning on prioritizing eternal things and living in light of eternity for 2020? It starts with eternal perspective. Colossians 3, 23 through 24, the Apostle Paul says this. He says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. He says, whatever you do, anything, whatever you do, not just church stuff, not just showing up on Sunday or Monday, not just uh, when you read the Bible. I mean, because <clears throat> a lot of us can go, oh, okay, I can do the Bible reading plan. That's awesome. I, I want you to jump in on that. I think that's great. I think it's fantastic. But what are you going to do with the rest of your time when you're not reading the Bible? How are you stewarding your time? Paul says, don't walk as unwise, but walk as wise. Redeem the time. Make sure that we're prioritizing things properly here. We're putting Christ first. We're putting eternal priority, saying yes to greater things first. Things that are actually going to be laying up treasure in heaven. And when we do stuff, 
doing it as unto the Lord, no matter what we do. He says, whether you work, do it heartily as unto the Lord, not for men. I know some of you probably have jobs you don't like. <laughs> I know you probably have bosses and coworkers that you're just like, oh, and your job has become something where it's something you just endure, and you're just in it for the paycheck because it puts food on the table. Can I tell you that I want to challenge you to rediscover the joy and purpose of perhaps why God has given you the opportunity to work in that company around those particular people to serve those types of clientele. Perhaps God knows something that he's looking at it through an eternal perspective, an eternal lens that you haven't quite seen yet because you're just focused on your discomfort and how I have to work these long hours or how this is a thankless job or all these things. Perhaps it is God. Has God put you in a position to perhaps look at things differently, to maybe see in light of eternity? the opportunity in front of you to lay up treasures in heaven, to love your enemies, to endure persecution, to pray for them, to serve them well. Maybe you're in a situation with a relationship where people don't really care for your faith. And maybe you have relationships where people just don't want to hear about it. I just want to encourage you to let your light shine to love people right where they're at, and to be patient with them. Continue to lay up treasure in heaven. Don't give up. Even if they persecute you, even if they try to push you away, keep loving people, keep forgiving them. Keep laying up treasure in heaven. As you look at the calendar, how are we going to spend our time? What are we going to do? What are we going to say yes to? Maybe there's some things God wants you to intentionally move around, that you have the liberty to move around, but you just haven't had the foresight and the priority to move those things around because other things have become important, but because you're growing, but because what God's been doing in your heart, because of what God's been doing in this church, you're beginning to change that perspective. And you're like, I don't know what to do next. Can I encourage you to make room, to create margin, healthy margin, to say yes to greater things? Whether that be with your time, whether that be with the resources God has given you, the influence that he's given you, the gifts that he's given you. I don't know what he's wanting you to do, but, but as you are planning, as you are looking, as you are thinking about what's next, start with eternity. And eternity is not your 401k, all right? <laughs> That's still temporary. Don't start there. Start with eternity, and then you can think about those things. Filter those things through eternity. Filter those things through the lens of what matters most. Because when this is all said and done and every one of us are, are appointed to die, every one of us have an end. When it's all said and done, if we make it to see 2020, if we make it through 2020, if we get to live another 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, however many years, every day is a gift. Every day is an opportunity. An opportunity to say yes to greater things. So can we just pray and ask God to help us to do this today? Lord, thank you for this opportunity to share your word. Thank you for those who are both here in the room, those who are joining us in the commons, and those who are watching online and, and at the Sheboygan jail. Thank you for 
what you're doing in hearts and in lives. And thank you for all the good reports and all the great things that you've done thus far in 2019. And Father, as we think about moving forward, as we think about what's next, help us to take the growth that has happened in us as individuals, in us as, as couples, as families. Help us to take that growth and that maturing into a healthier perspective of prioritizing what matters most to you. Help us to see what matters. Help us to say yes to what matters. Help couples be in agreement with what matters in light of eternity. Even if, it, even if it's a, something that they, they got to say no to that they've been saying yes to. Help us to put you first in all things to give you the glory. We love you, Lord, and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.